Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I am Luke. I'm Katie. And it is another sunny day, another day of sun in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, I got such a. What have you been up to? Let's. I, sometimes I feel like I just, I just, just dominate the show. Katie, tell me what you're doing in your life. Every aspect of it. Every aspect. Uh, I've been doing some writing. I uh, this weekend, Erica and I did some cooking, and we made some candles. Holy shit, you made candles? Yeah, I got a kit off of Amazon. I got a gift card for my birthday, and I was like, well, no time like the present to buy a candle-making kit and commit to that. And we made them all in one night. It was really fun. Are you selling them? Oh, no, no. You got to make a bad movie brunch fun for us. (laughs) That'd be dope. Like Like a light uh, blue kind of font, like color. Yeah, yeah. Uh Slap our logo on it. Mm Mm-hmm. I, dude, let's sell merch. What are we thinking? It'll be like uh, like Jan's candle business on fucking on the office. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the office, did you realize oh, yeah? how how close uh, we lived to where like the actual office building is where they filmed at? No, I had no idea. It's so you were closer than most as a former Van Nuys resident, correct? Mm, yes. Uh, that's where that's where it is. It's like uh. Oh. And so my my buddy my buddy Anthony's in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hanging out at a socially distanced pace, even though he is COVID free and been tested uh, mm-hmm. and everything else. But he is a big, he's a huge Office fan, and obviously I am too. I've been binging the shit out of it. I think since Taylor's been gone and I've been here for a couple weeks, I went season one of The Office all the way through. Like I'm almost to season seven. Oh wow! Um, just like eating it alive because like even when i'm working and stuff i can just have it on because uh, mm-hmm. like 2020 was like the year has been the year of like everybody working remotely and getting just to live their own vibe is kind of do- i mean if you have the luxury of getting to work remotely i sound like a privileged fuck mm-hmm. but i'm only part-time i'm very poor so don't come at me anybody but <laughs> um the point is been watching a lot of the office and i went to the building i will say it was really cool you couldn't see much because uh a lot of it was blocked off by like fences and shit because I think it is like a studio. Mm. Um, but man, it was n- Sketchville. Like I went there, like all excited, being like, "Oh my god, man! Dunder Mifflin Paper Company, here we fucking go!" And I was like super stoked. Mm-hmm. And I figured I probably wouldn't be able to see much. I was like, I was like, "Oh, it could be on a lot, whatever." Um, but then, like, dude, I don't know, man. There was like, I. Th- think either a prostitution deal going on or a like a hardcore drug deal going on uh, and like people were like in and out of cars and running all over the place and acting really sketchy which made me feel sketchy because i was parking the car to let my buddy get out and take photos of like this place and stuff so we already look weird but then it's also like a lot of other hardcore things going on and it's a dead-end street it's like a cul-de-sac or mm-hmm. whatever so like my anxiety was way high. It was like, there, I, I just had a feeling. I was like, there's, there's like, we pull, plus I'm in Taylor's car. And Taylor's mm-hmm. car is like this white little SUV that people always mistake as a cop car. It's like a little white Ford. Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks that I'm just Johnny Law here to, <laughs> here to fucking like, like crack down. And I'm like, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Do your, do your, do your sex and your drugs. Totally fine with it. I just want to get a picture of the office. We're all friends here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did. We got some, we got some good shots. It was an, a neat little adventure um crazy crazy like just to have this in our backyard like cool stuff like that is really rewarding i guess that's one of the yeah we pay a lot of money to live like in la and stuff but at least we can go see the outside of the office building from a show that has been off the air for like (laughs) 10 years Mm -hmm. 
Life's got I'm its perks. I'm glad you guys had a good time. I um, yeah. That that description really aligns with my experience living in Van Nuys. So I, uh, it's always interesting I, to hear when things check out. Yeah, I wanted to ask, yeah, because I was even in the car. I was like, man, that was weird. I was like, man, my friend Katie lived in Van Nuys. Like, I I, I don't know if this is like a, a regularity. Um, mm-hmm. I know I know that. He was like, I can't believe like Steve Carell and all that. I'm like, dude, you're crazy. I was like, NB- NBC and Universal probably shut that whole block down when they were filming. Oh, I bet. Like the whole block. I bet you it was mm-hmm. trailers and craft service and all that good shit. So regardless, it's still standing. It's really neat. It's a very distinct looking building from afar. So you always know. Mm-hmm. I always think it's funny to have cutaways in the office where it's like they're on the roof or something and I can see mountains and palm trees. And I'm like, you're in Pennsylvania. But... I don't think everybody notices. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I also watched Midsummer last night. Oh, I love Midsummer. Midsummer's fucked up, Katie. It's so good. It's one of the best breakup movies of all time. Yeah, everybody's calling it a breakup movie, and I was not the way it resonated to me. But I, like, but Aunt, my buddy Anthony's like Ari Aster said it's a breakup movie. I'm like, I hear you, but all I'm mm-hmm. focusing on is like, like that's a. It just like strikes me as like a full on like grief movie. Like, oh, how yeah. do you deal with death is how I took it. And, like, the well, relationship felt like an aspect of that to me. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if the filmmaker himself is saying it's a breakup movie, then it is. But, holy I shit. I remember while, while watching it with Erica, uh, at some point, you know, because the, the lead character, you, you don't really see her friends. You hear one friend on the phone once, but mostly it's the main character in her uh, boyfriend's group of friends. And very early on in watching it i turned to erica and i said this all could have been avoided if she just had a girl's day like she just needed to be around other women for like a night yeah so like and then eventually when it happens it's when they're all screaming their grief at each other in this like very primal very like cathartic way and i'm like ah there it is there's the girl's night yeah she needed that girl's night Mm -hmm. uh hey as you know if you want to see they totally tusked Jack Rayner in this movie, right? Are we gonna talk about like are we gonna talk about like paralyzing him into like a into like a vegetative state vegetative stative <laughs> state in a wheelchair and then putting mm-hmm. him inside the carcass of an animal and stuff? Like you're gonna tell me that that's not tusk? Come on, come on! That's so funny. I totally didn't uh, read it that way, but that that's great. That's Those all I read. That's all I read it as. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. No, I mean that is not my cup of tea. That movie, but I will obviously like it's it's undeniable what a what a crazy awesome film experience Midsummer is. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> I it mm-hmm. fucking horrified me. I like my my dude Anthony had to be giving me like trigger warnings and stuff. I, like Luke, like I'm like, what is that mallet for? I'm like, what <laughs> what are they gonna do to that guy? <laughs> Like, why did he jump with his legs that way? He should have just jumped head first. Um, yeah. But yeah, it very beautiful rough. film. Very trippy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also was like really uh, terrified to go into it knowing it was like that, like as long as it is. But oh, yeah. once things get moving, they get moving. So mm-hmm. um, and things like the plot doesn't really stay the same for very long. So it, it's nonstop. I also have to like kind of tip my cap to be like, you made a phenomenal horror short uh, and the credits haven't even rolled yet. And that is a separate film from the movie almost, you know, mm-hmm. like the opener of that movie is like a terrifying horror short film all in itself. And that's not even midsummer. Like you see the trailer and I'm like, I didn't expect this to happen in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fucked. I mean, good for him. Good for Ari Aster. Good for her. She's working her ass off in that movie. She, oh, yeah, I feel she's like, everywhere. I, 
I feel like she's working her dick off. Uh, I mean, that that doesn't apply. But she, she's working uh, so hard in this movie, and not. I feel like all. I think I feel like all the douchebag guys get all the dialogue. I'm like, cool. I'm mm-hmm. glad to see these assholes get monologues. Why Florence Pugh has to do the legwork and the flick, and she's amazing at screaming and crying. But I wish she had more like dialogue that helped her develop her character as opposed to just having to her character be dog shit things happen to her nonstop and she has high anxiety that's like character traits mm-hmm. like no, i feel like not everybody's super i don't know how well i don't know i don't want to knock anything i'm just saying that's a good critique i hadn't thought about that yeah i just felt bad i'm like why can't she have dialogue why does she just have to mm-hmm. scream cry um but she had a huge year and and she's gonna be the black widow and little women kicked ass so Really she's did. not hurting she's not hurting mm-hmm. good for florence um yeah good that's for what's florence. been going on with me um as we record this i'm six six days from being wed by the time people hear this i'll be wed yay um, yeah it's really a exciting bonafide married man yeah pretty much yeah we're kind of doing like a pseudo kind of like bachelor's thing right now just having stewed over is great and then um i go back to illinois uh to do of as a distance of version of my wedding as possible with a much smaller count about just so just as few as people as possible and you know getting married during covid will be a story for my lifetime so mm-hmm. um playing it as safe as possible but also trying not to let a remarkably bad year take everything you know yeah they got my dad katie they're not gonna get my wedding you know good laugh podcast listeners laugh at the joke Okay, I'm allowed to make it. Um, but speaking of uh, of dead dads, God, I'm a good. <laughs> what a I'm transition! At, I'm an amazing. Like, tell, I'm serious. Uh, Segway king of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Indeed, um, you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, we we go into uh, the film you selected called Fluke. Now, indeed, I did. I guess my only question is just why? Why'd you do this to me? <laughs> This is so beyond fucked. I, I, like, I thought Midsummer was going to be the most fucked up movie I watched, and then I back-to-backed it with Fluke, and I was like, how is this somehow more fucked up? Did you watch it with your friend who's in town? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good, I tried to get him to good. be on the episode, and he was like, I'm not going to be on the episode now. Like, I think the movie mm-hmm. was just like, he's like, I don't know what to say about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so am I to assume that you had a bad time? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the first, I think one of the first picks in a while where I was just like legitimately, I'm like, I hate this. Um, really? Okay. Oh, I could not stand it. I think oh, it is like. so funny. I was so troubled by nearly every aspect of this movie, man. Um, but I'm, I'm more interested to begin with to hear like how you went about selecting it and, and give me some secret origin on, on how, cause I didn't even know this fucking movie existed and oh, thank God because I. my life yeah. would have been changed for the worse. <laughs> and now it is and i did it to you no um, no but now i'm like cognizant and can handle this movie but if i saw this movie yeah. in the way it like it's a horrifying movie for a kid to watch and thank god i didn't mm-hmm. so the origin of this comes from actually like almost over a year ago it was uh erica and i's first anniversary and we were walking around and she some for some reason was bringing up the movie fluke and she was pitching it to me. It's like, yeah, it's this really weird movie. Like, only me and Ingrida have seen it. And it's about this guy who gets reincarnated as a dog and then tries to go back to his family to, like, try to be a dad again. But he can't because he's a dog. Nope. And 
the the icebreaker essentially was like if you were a, if you were turned into a dog like reincarnated into a dog like what would you do and i'd be like i'd have to let you go so that that was like our first conversation about fluke and uh we didn't watch it for a year and then last week it somehow got brought up again and i was able to find it for free on a streaming service and i was like i like let's like i think we were all like really excited to watch it because um again like erica and my roommate and Greta had seen it but none of any of us had and uh so all five of us sat down as a house to watch this movie and we had an excellent time uh i i was telling erica this morning like it's been such a long time since there was a movie for a bad movie brunch that i felt really passionate about and really excited to talk to you about in the sense that like this has a bad rating on rotten tomatoes and i think it's unfair because i think this is a great great movie i think Whoa. that the the dog actor comet is wonderful i think that he deserved a dog oscar for being such a good dog and uh, I thought the way I usually I hate it in movies because it starts out with the car crash with the character, the main character dying. And then it just cuts to dogs being born. And if you don't know the premise, it's very easy to be like, what? And I actually like that they're like, screw you, audience, you figure it out. And then slowly it reveals that the dog is the dad. I think that's really funny. I think that how they begin to show the dog's humanity is really fun and how he slowly learns about his past life and hooks up with another dog who is also reincarnated, voiced by Samuel L. Jackson, who teaches him the ropes of how to be a scraggle dog. And then he goes to find his family and he tries to, like, avenge his death to the guy that he thought killed him on purpose and it turns out that all the time he was in the wrong. And he ends up having to nobly leave his family and like, because he's not a man, he's not a dog, he's a creature without a country and he just has to leave. And it's like beautifully, almost tragic. And I love that there are all these elements combined into this movie that is just this weird, you couldn't have made this movie at any other time but the 90s. It's just so emblematic of that decade. And I wish we made more movies like this. Okay, okay, but okay. So, and I'm with you, and I think that's poetic. I think it's beautiful the way you're defending this. I'm, I'm, I'm so rewarded to hear to hear all this. But <laughs> my question is, for a movie that's examining all of the, like eighteen thousand heady ass themes like that, who, who is this for? Who is Dads. this movie for? Like, Dads. that's what I cannot get over because it's not for kids, and it's also not mm. for me. So yeah. I don't, I don't understand like. It's like you're doing reincarnation, but it's also kind of sci-fi, and it's also like, kind of like you're doing a telepathic thing with animals too, and then you're also doing, um, like a family angle where it's just this, and, and then the 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 whole like, the action and like, like death scenes and stuff like that are really scary. It's like oh, fucking. Yeah. There's yeah. jarring imagery in this movie that are, is down downright would terrify a child, and the the fact that this movie is like car crash porn is nuts. Mm-hmm. Like they just like somebody in the writers room is like, I love car crashes, like because mm-hmm. we start on a fucked up car, or they only had that they could only afford to shoot a car crash like once, and then they kept reusing it in the plot or something, because we have like because it's a mystery. He's trying to figure out like what, number one who he is. 
and then how he died, and then he misinterprets it as he was murdered, and then he realizes that he was in the wrong and that it was an accident. So you have to have those flashbacks because the character himself is piecing it together to put together this whole mystery picture. And you're okay with your hero of the story being a dog who goes and exacts his revenge and makes a man swerve (laughs) off the road and nearly kill himself. And the dog literally says to the audience, I didn't care if I died or not. I'd had my revenge. (laughs) As like he's breathing heavily and like gone through the windshield. He saves him in the end though. uh, How? By licking his face? (laughs) That's bullshit. He doesn't save him. The guy should be, the guy's like dead on the fucking steering wheel like everybody else in the car wreck in this movie. And then he goes, I have to save him. Him. And don't get me wrong, the dog actor is insane, and I want to get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. the way that dog is holding his paw up and limping and stuff, it's unbelievable. Like the the dog is insanely like well trained, like hard working yeah, dog. I feel bad. Give Comet a um, dog Oscar. And and is this Com- you said Comet from Full House? Mm-hmm. Dude, I fucking love Full House, and I loved Comet. Um, so that's awesome. Good for this hound. But the fact of the matter is. He when he limps over to 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 help dude, all his helping is is he licks his face a couple times and then a truck shows up. He didn't do shit. Like <laughs> he literally fair. tried it's to murder a man bad. as yeah, a dog. Yeah, it's morally bad. Yeah. <laughs> like and it was like a gruesome scene. And then the other like that's right after we have a gruesome car wreck where homeboy like pulls the dead corpse of like uh Matthew Modine out of the car and starts like trying to do chest compressions and shit. And it's like mm-hmm. Like, how is this a family movie? That's all I, that's like, it begs a question. And um, the movie. Okay, okay. So I think that this falls into the same category as the Santa Claus and Liar Liar. There was this trend in the 90s where, like, they're dad movies. They're movies about dads kind of learning that they're not great dads and something happens to them and then they become better dads. I, I hear you, but I don't. I don't. I think that they needed to pick one of those lanes because they're doing. Is this a? Is it a reincarnation movie? Is this a dad trying to help his kid movie when the kid's got like what twenty minutes of screen time and the mm-hmm. wife has got less? It seems like like so. It's like if it's the family man angle, that's fine. But you know what movie did it in the nineties? Liar, liar is a great call. But mm-hmm. did almost this exact plot, and while it was it's also very maligned on Rotten Tomatoes, I think sticking to this one storyline at least serves the plot jack frost do you remember that like oh yeah we mentioned jack frost when we were watching it yeah i remember jack frost like starts off with a car wreck as well and then you know Mm -hmm. yes homeboy is reincarnated as a snowman which is kind of the exact same thing as fluke but they keep that the entire storyline and there's not other reincarnated people to like communicate with him on his journey and also his lips and mouth can actually move so it's not just dogs staring at each other and having like vo conversations powers oh i love the dog psychic powers it it struck me as like jack frost like totally had sex with look who's talking three Mm -hmm. uh the one with the dogs um and the outcome oh but it also wants to be homeward bound which is also pretty good Mm -hmm. um and unfortunately you're right like it's, it's it's seeing all the trends of those movies in the area uh and like slapping all those beats together and being like we can do this too what's so different and instead you get like a very adult-themed uh, uh, kind of flick that is masked as a friendly childhood movie. I'm so thrilled, though. Like, I didn't see it as a kid. I, 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 but I'm, I'm equally thrilled. I'm equally thrilled that you're going to bat for it and more so, like, bringing to a movie to the table that it's not... This movie is anything from, like, content-less. You know what I mean? Like, there is so mm-hmm. much to chew on. We could 
I mean, like you could have a, a fluke podcast that was 10 episodes long mm-hmm. um, because like there's a lot on the table to examine. <laughs> this is a this is a big chunk of meat uh, to, to chew on. But my 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 fear is the audience or the target audience gets lost in the shuffle of all of these weird adult themes and adult scenes and like they're not balancing the the scares and the the heart enough to to make it geared toward a kid audience like it seems like it wants to be so i'm not that's interesting not, that you say that because both erica and my roommate and greta watched this movie when they were children and loved it you know that makes sense i, I the 90s were full of these movies that were way too adult for us as kids but disney and other mm-hmm. people got away with it so it makes total sense i guess like this is me at 27 saying that would have freaked me out but you're right i guess like i mean oliver and company is really like kind of scary at times that's an animated oh, one but oliver it's kind of i did too and like heavyweights was kind of a little too adult for that our our childhood and i totally got into that and stuff so i I hear you, and, I, I, and I'm, like, thrilled. I, I would never want to shit on somebody's nostalgia. I'm not trying to. It's just I have no I have no background for this movie, so there's no warmth for me, and I'm really just going cold and clinical. Like, I'm really mm-hmm. just going, like, I'm, like, th- this, this more so than a lot of films we've done on the show, more, uh, in recent memory, it felt like a chore. But at the same time, I was, it's like... so funny. I was very eager to understand. Like I was, I was truly eager to know what was going to happen next. Like I, and I, and it's, it's not long. It's not, it's an easy 90 minute flick. Um, you'll get answers. It's just, I, I should have treated it more like let's get drunk or something. Uh, and, and just go on this ride. But I didn't know any clue of what this movie was going to be. So I didn't want them to trust me as an audience member. I was like, please tell me you're not going to trust a five year old to figure this out. And I'm being five right now. (laughs) Um, so I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's, it's just what a what a weird trip of a flick. It's so great. There's a monkey that carries a puppy after they escape from the cosmetic like lab. It's so good. Suzanne. Like there's just little moments like that that just make me so happy. Uh uh Samuel L. Jackson after he takes a bullet for our lead dog as, He gets you know, shot. Oh my shot. by Ron Perlman. <laughs> He gets shot by Ron Perlman, who works at an evil cosmetics factory. And after that dog dies, he's reincarnated as a squirrel. It's so it's so good. I love and, it so much. And that's for the family audience to watch a beloved Samuel L. Jackson Rumbo take a bullet? Yeah. It's like, I don't know, man. The, the most fucked up Homeward Bound got was Shadow Stuck in a Mud Pit. And, and I know mm-hmm. I've said it before. Yes, it, it breaks Taylor Shepard's heart, but... <laughs> It, it's not it's not him getting shot in the face by by hellboy <laughs> it's so good and also oh, and also like a joy. A, a, the rules of this of this uh, reincarnation are really tripping me out because then rumbo's a squirrel at the end mm-hmm. so so and they meet together what i what i like about that is that our lead has no other reference for like any other creature that has this very specific experience but rumbo who dies and then the fact that they're able to reconnect at the end after he has to give up his family for good is really nice for me because that both nice. of them are in the same exact situation where they're the, literally the only creatures on earth who can relate to one another and they found each other. Yeah, they're on like a chip, trippy ass like Jedi Knight journey. Like mm-hmm. I will say that. And that's an, that's interesting too. But I wouldn't it doesn't <laughs> satisfy me. It confuses the fuck out of me. So like, 
I, like I'm like I have a million more questions and like and they're not even important enough to know the answer to but you made me ask them and now I want to know the answer like me to the movie so I don't know man I, I I'm like I'm thrilled I'm thrilled by by how many avenues we can take on this one but at the same time like here I am playing bad cop and it's a weird position to be. I, I don't, is this how you mm-hmm. feel? Is this how you feel when I'm telling you we are your friends is good? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I told you that literally the last episode. Yeah. I said, usually like, uh, you're a good cop and I'm bad cop. And now our situations are reversed for this episode, which is really fun. And for Unico, it's like this one in Unico. Yeah. Big outliers. Cause I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I was like, Maybe it's because I had, I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like midsummer, I'd only been off for like five minutes and then I put this one on right after. <laughs> uh, maybe I just wasn't in the headspace for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe I'll, I'll chalk it up to that. I think, I think that uh, fluke is necessary. I'm glad it's there. And I'm glad oh, that people it. have it in their childhood. And, you know, people that you've mentioned, like Erica, uh, she's, a, she's an incredibly creative and artsy gal. So perhaps fluke is one of the things from her childhood that, mm-hmm. that you know, sent her on a journey of, of great artistic acclaim and accomplishment. So maybe maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but maybe I'm not, you know? <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. I should have watched Fluke as a kid. I, I had a great time watching it at 27. I, uh, I, again, it's been so long since I've seen a movie, not just for this podcast, but in general, where I'm like, Rotten Tomatoes is wrong, and this is actually a brilliant piece of media, and I love it so much, and it's one of my new favorite things. He's like his his kid is like freezing in the driven snow, like the Shining style, Hell like yeah. waiting, mm-hmm. wait, awaiting his death. Like, yeah, it's just some intense shit, it's man. Awesome. It is like so and intense. Then, and then after he finds him, and at the end, when like his wife sees him as a dog go to the grave of his mm-hmm. like original human body and he just like shuffles the snow away so that you see it reads forever and she has to realize that like the dog is probably her dead husband reincarnated as a dog but it's never said out loud because that would be too much it's so good it's so yeah. good yeah you're right that would have been the step over the line on the, yeah mm-hmm. I, I think the audience would have bailed out of with that line mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know i was cool with all the other aspects of this film that make no sense but yeah like, no <laughs> I I thought I dude he was he died October eleventh ninety one I was mm-hmm. born October twelfth ninety two so oh, we're pra- practically cousins very cool mm-hmm. yeah um so very interesting for you know and I and I I respect I respect him uh, going on his journey uh, Anthony was like she's gonna scoop up the kid and just leave the dog laying there in the snow I'm like he she probably went human priority like first priority you know mm-hmm. I mean like you see your son like like dying in the snow you're probably gonna grab him before you worry about the golden retriever. Mm-hmm. But they tried so hard not to make that dog look like a golden retriever. They dyed the fur. Like, and like I think it's like a Australian shepherd or something that gives supposedly gives birth to the dog and it's like right. nah, come on yeah. man. I my other thing Delightful is like chef's kiss. Right. My other thing is like uh so here's and here's me maybe being the actual party pooper and, and you probably know more about this flick than me uh, research wise I I'd imagine but do you remember uh, like even as recently as a few years ago when like they made that movie like a dog's purpose or whatever and like they had that footage yeah. of the dog just fucking terrified on set and they were forcing him to do stunts in water and all this crazy shit 
Mm-hmm. It was hard to get images like that out of my head, knowing how the sausage is made, like, and knowing mm-hmm. how like takes of that work. They're not dealing with an actor. They're not worried about. I, I'm not. Maybe I'm being too uh, assumy, but especially even in like nineteen, the early nineties, I feel bad for that dog because it has to do a lot of like. And the puppy too. Like the puppy has to run across that thing and fall into water and shit. Like at the beginning, mm-hmm. and like the dog has to do a lot of like 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 stunts and like acting. I'm just. It made me just wonder the whole time. Like I feel so bad that this is such a dog centric film where they're shooting so much of these dogs having to do all this stuff and they're doing an amazing job and it looks good. Like I'm proud of them for being mm-hmm. good boys, but I hope they were treated like, like actors and not cattle. And I have a pretty strong feeling it was uh, maybe the latter instead. It's just a lot of legwork for those dogs to do for me to believe that they were treated well. So that mm-hmm. was, and I, and again, that could be just me being a fucking rain cloud, but anytime I see a movie, especially like just because that, that thing with like a, a dog's purpose, that footage was so recent. And, like, mm-hmm. you have your dog character is still being, like, scared of shit to do a stunt on set. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I just feel like these dogs had to do a lot of intense action stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they were treated well. That's all I can say. I will tell you, when I was Googling this movie afterward, because I was like, how did this happen? I, I didn't see anything in regards to any kind of animal abuse on set or anything like that. Well, that's good um, to hear. The one that I know is very infamous for that is Milo and Otis. Oh, um, really? Yeah. They lost a lot of cats on that on that flick. Jesus Christ, um, really? Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, then, I that's I guess that's, like, it's right there in the, in the fabric of making those movies. I, I think that, yeah, it seems like it'd be hard work. Hard work for that mm-hmm. dog. That dog has to do a lot in that mm-hmm. movie. So... I don't know. If I was a dog, I wouldn't want to be wet and snowy. Would you prefer something like this to be made with a CG dog then? No, I wouldn't. I think that would look like shit. So it's like, because I know know they did that with that Disney movie with uh, Harrison Ford. And I saw the trailer Mm -hmm. and I was like, fuck that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was like, that just looks bad, man. So I don't know what the answer is. I have no clue what the answer is. Yeah, it's Um, tricky. It is tricky. And I, and you know, I have no clue. Maybe these dogs were treated like royalty on the set mm-hmm. of of fluke um and maybe there's a world where like you can do that mo- those movies ethically but i just don't know mm-hmm. i don't i i've i have i don't i don't know enough about what goes into making a movie like that tick mm-hmm. um i know me personally if i were to make a movie with an animal like an actual animal actor i think it would be it'd be a challenge I think mm-hmm. I think like that's like yeah the ethical question of it all would be ringing in my ear because like I just would feel bad if like imagine like just an animal getting hurt on your set or something it would feel oh, yeah. it would feel worse than a human because I can't even explain mm-hmm. it you know so I don't know I'm again could be being a wet blanket I think this movie warrants about a billion different directions of conversation so like I'm I'm really truly impressed with the choice I think I think it's generated more like like more in my brain than like any movie we've watched in in a while. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is just putting on my thinking cap. I'm like, wait, are there aliens? Like I have really, I thought at the <laughs> beginning that that was aliens like abducted him and fucked his DNA. And now he's a dog. Cause that's, they do a weird mm-hmm. sky shit, like weird lights yeah, in the I sky know. shots. That made me think one thing. His soul is traveling. Yeah. Oh my God. It's too, it's too trippy for kids, man. 
so good. This is too much. This should have been. This so should have been fucking. They should have added cuss words and made this movie just fucking wild. Mm-hmm. And also, I saw a novelist was uh, on the script. Uh, so this was a book. Do you right? Yeah, apparently. I wonder if it works better as a as a novel. <laughs> Maybe. Probably I do easier think to. That- that that things like this weird concepts generally work better as novels because you don't have the immediate like f- visual feedback. Totally. Because like I I think if you if you just imagine it in your head, it's not as wild as seeing it on a screen. Totally. I mean, it's like I heard that they're trying to do an animorphs series again. Remember those books when we were kids? Oh oh, like, dude, I remember the animorphs. Oh hell yeah, they were a staple of of our of our of our age group. And I heard they're doing trying to do that series again, and I just. I remember how cool the covers looked of people morphing into animals from humans and stuff. And I remember those books being sweet, but yeah, best of luck making that look not goofy. Or if you're going to make it, if it's going to look goofy, you better lean into it. I just don't know how they, how they could pull something like that off. So it's all, you're right. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like a perpetual challenge of the genre and our movies. I mean, a dog's purpose and that stuff. Didn't that make dough? They made a fucking sequel. So like people are obviously still into dog movies. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I also, I, like, going back on what I said, CGI Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. in the James Gunn movie, that's awesome because it's, like, a comedy. It looked great to me. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. There is no reason for that dog to look realistic. Mm-mm. It but totally the dog, fit the tone of the movie. Totally. But, like, again, I'm, I hate to say anything anti the mouse, but the, that Harrison Ford movie with that CGI dog looked weird, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, know. I had a fun time watching it, and I had a fun time talking to you about it. I, as always, we respectfully disagree. Yes. And I think that's really fun uh, that we have such different tastes, and uh, (laughs) I always value your perspective. This is is the inbred cousin of Homeward Bound. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is actually worth a watch. This this should, Mm -hmm. this uh, deserves, this reminds me of, like, the way I felt kind of about, like, Slice. I'm like... This deserves a cult following. This deserves a midnight screening following. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know when or if that could ever, like, that's going to happen because theaters kind of don't really happen right now. We're still in the pandemic world, especially on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. But, or, you know, unless, unless drive-ins take on the, the thing. But, yeah, man, getting all, getting all fucked up at a drive-in and watching Fluke at a midnight screening, now that sounds like the way to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's all a matter of setting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you happy were ever game to rewatch it again, uh, watch it again. I would love to do it under those conditions with you. Yes, I think that's proper, and I, I will. I will not watch Midsummer right before and be in a very emotionally <laughs> scarred place already. I'm like, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You can't just joke about death like this. Like me yelling at the fucking mm-hmm. fluke movie. I'm like, people had to sacrifice themselves. You don't understand how how life mimics the seasons. Ugh. Midsummer fucked me up. I'm gonna have bad dreams for like months. Oh man. This is scary. <laughs> yeah. And I was like gonna watch I was gonna double feature it with Hereditary and then I said I just said straight up, I'm like, I don't think I can handle another Arias. Oh film dude. Cor- right. Yeah. Hereditary really messed me up. Like there oh, are very good. few films that I remember seeing in theaters and being like really truly disturbed by in mm-hmm. recent memory. Hereditary is one of them, It Follows is one of them, and uh, in a different, more crushingly emotional way, uh, this corner of the world really got me, because that's about, like, bombings during World War II, 
So yeah, I, was, I put it in the echelon of like, oh man, it was great, but I, I don't have it in me to watch it again. Yeah, I, I, I can I can fully... I can fully understand that. I still don't know if I have the courage to give it the watch just yet. I got to give myself a little mm-hmm. time. What a filmmaker, though. I remember ba- I read something recently that Bong Joon-ho uh, put, like, Ari Aster, like, in a short list of essential filmmakers for the future of, like, cinema or whatever. Very so cool. That's about as high. I mean, hey, if, if, if fucking, if Dude Who Made Parasite says you're essential to filmmaking, it's like, you're, you're probably mm-hmm. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, anything else? You got extra credits? I am getting close to the end of Dispatches from Elsewhere. We just put the ninth episode on pause before. Oh shit! I'm still stuck up. on seven. Mhm. Okay, good. I just had to yell that so you didn't say anything. <laughs> oh my god! So, I'm so excited that you're almost done. I gotta catch yay! up. I really loved it. Thank you so much for the recommendation. Well, or you, I'm enjoying it. But the teachers it. become the master, yet. bro. Because like I'm not. Mm-hmm. You're farther than me. Mm-hmm. Students become the master. <laughs> Teachers become the blaster. Mm-hmm. Ugh. And well, that's cool, man. man. Uh, other than that, I'm trying to think. Uh, what else? We watched Kung Pao Enter the Fist last night. Okay. Um, which is pretty fun. And I am on the third Hamtaro video game. I've completed the other two because that's how I'm spending my quarantine. It really mellows me out. <laughs> Rainbow Rescue was a lot harder than the previous iterations, but it's still a good time. <laughs> i mean dude what better way what better way than than making candles and playing hamtaro ham ham heartbreak mm, well now it's rainbow rescue sir god damn it rainbow rescue <laughs> you just said it i gotta listen better oh no um, I, I don't think i did but like it it is it is fun and um what about you any other extra credits nah man just like a metric fuckload of of the uh the office um I've been watching the NBA is back in the Disney World bubble. They're doing mm-hmm. an exceedingly impressive job of keeping like I did not believe them when the NBA said they could make a bubble work and they really have like over 300 and some players and and staff there. Zero positive tests. Um they're keeping things clean and like really a marvel that other leagues um, that didn't uh, do stuff like that are are already having issues. Like the MLB isn't going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. Like the Marlins got coronavirus, the Cardinals just got coronavirus. It needs to stop. It, it, and mm-hmm. and hope, and I love Cubs baseball, and the Cubs look pretty solid so far. But it's not worth a sixty game season. That's not even a real season to give people fucking COVID when you're not when you're not when the proper guidelines just aren't in place. Like if the NBA is doing it because they like listened and figured it out and did something that's so unprecedented and technologically savvy and and advanced and that's the model everybody should follow it Mm -hmm. and anybody who's not maybe just put sports on hold i love the nfl but i don't think the nfl is going to happen i don't understand how you can pull that off Mm. um i hope i'm proven wrong but it's not really worth risking in a pandemic it just feels gross doesn't it yeah i don't know um but that's all to say. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm excited that the NBA is back. I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I had something else. Oh, I get to. This will be old by the time I say it. But today is Kevin Smith's birthday. Happy fiftieth birthday oh. to Kev. And then tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow the legend. Uh, they're doing uh, a drive-in screening of Reboot. 
Um, mm-hmm. And me being an employee of Smodco, uh, I get to, to work at it. <laughs> I get to be like a ticket taker or something, uh, which they have no idea how much experience I have as a ticket taker, thanks to my new 400 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get to, to work at that tomorrow night and watch Reboot in a drive-in. And uh, then Kev's going to do uh, an evening with Kevin Smith Q&A right there at the at the thing. So that's one of the perks of my of my gig. And I am forever thankful and grateful that uh, I got <laughs> that sort of lucky, lucky strike. So yay, yay life. I'm really excited to see Reboot again. I've seen it quite a few times. Um, and seeing it in that setting is going to be crazy. And that's about it for me on my end. Uh, nothing else going on except for getting close to the wedding my wedding band is in the mail hopefully gets here on time oh wow Um, that's That's not a me fuck up that's if i never said it if i never said it on air that's because the 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 wedding band i had made custom was sold off or whatever um and then i had to scramble but you were you jogged my memory because you were saying you were on etsy and that's actually where i went about getting my wedding band made for taylor oh nice yeah, and it and she won't hear this because this will be late and she'll already have it. But I'm excited. It's like it's got like some sapphires and it's gonna look cool. So wedding goggles, 2020, marriage, to life, <laughs> all that good stuff. And I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Grotzinger. And you have a good one, folks. <laughs>